Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Another epi of the Crypto News Pod. And we have another incredible guest on tap. Today, we have Jordan Freed, Chairman and CEO at Immutable Holdings, publicly traded in Canada. The ticker is HOLD, H-O-L-D. You'd love to see that. Quick intro on Jordan here. Jordan is a blockchain evangelist and crypto capitalist and is currently the chairman and CEO of Immutable Holdings. Again, that is HOLD, H-O-L-D for the ticker. Publicly traded blockchain holding company that owns and operates NFT.com. Wow, what a domain. 1800bitcoin.com, cbdc.com, immutable asset management, hbar.com, and more. Wow, not too shabby. Without further ado, I'm very pleased to welcome to the Crypto News Pod, Jordan Freed. Jordan, welcome to the show. Matt, thanks for having me, man. Got to start off with your background. I know our listeners can obviously not see you, they can only hear you, but you have a beach, you got white sand, you got palm trees. And you got the ocean in the background. Whereabouts are you? And when am I going to fly down to come see you? <laughs> uh, I thought you were talking about like where I grew up. You know, you st- most podcasts I start off to like background. I start in <laughs> Buffalo, New York, but here we're talking about my physical background, <laughs> which is the beautiful island of Puerto Rico. So if you look behind me. Yeah, that's a real background. It is like 30 degrees Celsius and sunny here every day. I miss the snow, actually. Oh, come uh, I'll be on. up in I'll be up in Toronto in January, so we can get a Timmy Hortons uh and some Timbits <laughs> and then talk about <laughs> talk about uh talk about how the Buffalo Bills are disappointing me this season when I get up there. So what a what a change of scenery you are and folks, if you've never been to Buffalo, no offense, but Nice, nice spot, great people, but maybe not the most uh, beautiful city I've ever been to. And I've been there many times. Um, but Buffalo to Puerto Rico, what a change that must be. Uh, yes, yes. I mean, I think the great part of growing up in Buffalo was it gave me this drive to get out of Buffalo. You, you got the grit. <laughs> so. You got the sand. You, you got the sandpaper finish on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great town, great people, you know, sort of, you know, the backbone of America kind of people, right? Salt of the earth, uh, really blue collar culture. We even call our football team, you know, the blue collar team. Uh, great. Bill's Mafia, baby. Bill, Bill's, Bill's Mafia. Um, and I can't say a bad thing about Buffalo, but it just felt that there wasn't, that wasn't where I was going to find opportunity. That wasn't where I was going to meet people or mentors. Uh, there was no one really building the great internet companies that I wanted to be involved in. So I actually ran from Buffalo to Budapest. Uh, I have a weird route to Puerto Rico. It was Buffalo to Budapest. I did not go to the traditional route. Don't have a college degree. Um, don't, uh, not formally educated. I knew I was going to do something on the internet. So as it turns out, Budapest has a fantastic internet connection. Uh, great speeds. Um, even back in like, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010, you could still get a gigabit down. And, uh, I ended up building a VPN service. That's how I found crypto. I was like there in 20, 2012. Um, got in really early. I built a VPN service where we started taking Bitcoin as a payment method. It was called Buffered VPN. Grew that company. You know, 2013 happens. Edward Snowden tells the whole world the government's spying on us. And then boom, overnight, everyone wants two things, a webcam cover and a VPN and subscription. A VPN, baby. So VPN blew up. Get out of VPN. Uh, you know, ended up deciding to move to New York. Moved to New York um, and uh, got involved in the Hedera ecosystem. Be, you know, H-bar. made a bunch of early stage crypto investments. H Bar, big H Barbarian, 
And then uh, lived in New York for three years, and now I'm here in Puerto Rico. I actually moved here during COVID. It's a great place to come to. Um, and uh, because we're on an island and because this isn't, it's America, but it's an unincorporated territory, right? It's kind of, um, they, there's just a little bit different governance here. So, you know, when everyone's doing lockdowns, uh, vaccine mandates and all of that, Puerto Rico just was out ahead of it. There's a limited number of hospital beds on the island. You know, uh, things, things, things actually stayed pretty, pretty okay here. Most people here aren't crazy. Uh, everyone's pretty respectful and kept their distance. So, uh, yeah, anyway, I've been living here for two years. This is home. So many different angles we can take this. Um, I'm going to go over <laughs> that little summation here. I guess we'll, we'll, we'll go reverse order and we'll start with Puerto Rico. How about the exodus of big tech and crypto people moving from San Fran in New York to Puerto Rico? And also, I guess we got to throw in Texas and Florida, more specifically Miami. It seems like everyone and their cousin is getting out of those states where, you know, you make 200, sweet. Biden's grabbing a hundred, <laughs> putting it in the piggy <laughs> bank. Whereas now you go to Puerto Rico, no tax, yeah. you know, open borders, absolute treat. That's uh, what, what's it like down there with everyone joining you? Yeah. So, you know, it started with a few crazies, right? Like any tax incentive attracts a few crazies and we're certainly not getting the attention that, you know, Miami or Texas or some of the other low or no tax states are getting. But we've, we've, we have thousands of people that have moved down just in the last year. Real estate is blowing up. I was fortunate enough to get down here and buy a place. Um, you know, I bought a few investment places. You, you can't lose money on Puerto Rican real estate right now. It is very clear. People are voting with their money and are deciding to leave, you know, the high tax states, New York and California, as you said, and coming down here. What excites me about it is, you know, being a young entrepreneur, you, you strategically place yourself in big hubs because you want to meet people. So like I moved to New York hoping to surround myself with other people. You know, in two years here in Puerto Rico, I've been able to do more networking with people that matter than I was in three years. And what was supposed to be, you know, as Frank Sinatra said, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Like New York, New York. Like you just can't, you can't, you can't get a meeting in New York. You're one of 10 million here in Puerto Rico. We have some of the most impressive driven entrepreneurs and investors, uh, that, uh, have moved down to, uh, to the island. You know, you've got everyone from like Brock Pierce from the EOS community to Dan Moorhead, the CEO and founder of Pantera Capital, yeah. like one of the most successful VCs and fund managers in crypto. He's, uh, seven floors below me right now. We're on the 12th floor and, uh, they're on the fifth floor in this building and the very building I'm sitting in. So like, it's amazing to be in a place that so many new people want to move to. And then I think it's amazing to be able to contribute to this community. Like we have been able to move, uh, big initiatives forward. You know, we are, uh, we're all getting involved in charity. I've personally invested in some local entrepreneurs here. I bought PuertoRico.com, uh, to actually help promote this place. So I didn't just move here and I'm not just saving money on taxes. I think the better way to say it is like the money I'm not spending on taxes going to fund the military industrial complex. Instead, I'm using to, uh, reinvest in creating jobs and creating local businesses and in creating initiatives that I hope will further this place and make this, I mean, listen, I think this could become the Hong Kong or the Singapore, or the Caribbean. I think this place is, is amazing. You're, you're bid, you're biddling. Yes. 
I'm biddling. Biddling. <laughs> we are, yes, we're hodling. Yeah, we're hodling here and we're biddling here. That's what hodling we're doing. and biddling. What a treat. Yeah, that background looks incredible, man. I'm just thanks, drooling. man. Come, come, come visit. Fr- I just got back from Dubai. What three weeks ago? Two weeks ago? And Ooh, I'm that's freezing. Nice, and then Toronto. It's what minus eight. I w- funny. My girlfriend and I walked to Timmy's today. Grabbed you know a couple of coffees. Just wanted to go for a quick walk before we start the day. And, yeah. you know, it's what I want to say. It's minus four, minus five. And you know how it is in Toronto or in Buffalo. When you're downtown, just, you got a wind tunnel and it's just, boom, red face, you know, freezing. Oh, it's not fun. It's not fun. Um, domains. You are do- like, you're like one of the domain goats. Like what's what's with your, you know, smart fetish of just buying up <laughs> great domains? Like, and, and how do you know? Fetish, fetish.com. What, that's one I don't have. What's fetish, your, what's your like workflow with this? Like, are, are you just like, yeah. oh, wow, you know, NFTs are going to pop. I'm going to buy it. Or how do you, how do you go yeah. through the process of buying up these domains? So I don't know where the, I don't know where this came from. Probably my dad, but somehow I've just become obsessed with Reach, looking up who owns a domain, figuring out when they bought it and contacting people to see how much money they want for a domain. I don't know. It's just always been this weird thing that I do. It's like I go look up the who is, right? Like you could figure out who a lot of times it's blocked or there's a privacy guard on it, but I email anyway and I'm like, Hey, I'm Jordan Freed. I really like your domain name. How much do you think it's worth? Are you interested in selling it? And like 80% of the time, no response. 10% of the time is stupid number. And then the other 10% of the time I'm on the phone or Skype or Skype back in the day or like Zoom or, you know, AOL instant messenger being like, yeah, I'll take that off your hand. So like my last name is freed, but it's spelled fried. And I found this guy, this animator that worked at Cartoon Network that owned fried.com. And he had like a cartoon. <laughs> Uh, like a comic strip called Fried, I don't know, Fried something, or like a product, an animation production company that like sold shows to Cartoon Network. And I'm like, I will buy that from you. But I didn't have the $50,000 he wanted at the time. This is like super early. So he put me on a 50 month payment plan where I paid him a thousand dollars a month for 50 months. And I paid that down over 50 months. And the last offer I got in the domain name was, a big multi-billion dollar company just called me and tried to buy it for close to a million dollars. So I've always felt that domain names are real estate. Uh, I don't love the weird TLDs. Like I don't love .xyz. You're seeing a lot of that in DeFi and crypto right now. I don't love like .io. I've never loved .co. .co feels scammy. It's like not, it's not .com. So I only really love .coms. If you can get a really good country TLD, like .ca is my favorite outside of the US. Like that's a great one. Um, but I always wanted to, I always wanted to just get the best URLs. And so free.com was one I picked up like Puerto Rico.com. That was a million dollar transaction. Like you gotta, you gotta contact a guy. He knows what it's worth. Like those are long deals that took months to negotiate and like the deal fell apart. And then, you know, it came back together and the deal falls apart. It comes back together. NFT.com, you know, with all due respect to the guy that like owned it, you know, he didn't really know what NFTs were. Like he knew what blockchain was and Bitcoin, but he basically thought NFTs were fad. Like How he much? was just like, How much? Uh, I paid two point, I paid, uh, just shy of $2.2 million for NFT.com. Uh, today our last offer on it was over $25 million cash. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, if I was just flipping it, the great, right? 
you know, go buy myself a present, like grateful. But I'm like, you know, better than flipping it because I've never, I've never been on the sell side. I've never sold a domain, actually. Now that I think of it, but yeah, I've never sold a domain. I buy them and I sit on them until I figure out what to do with them and then I develop them. And then you just make like, a so I bought PuertoRico.com because I knew I was going to live here. I knew I wanted to give back and I knew this place has a terrible reputation outside of Puerto Rico. I'd been living here and I'm like, everyone that I tell that I move here looks at me with this like face, like, like, what do you, like, why would you put yourself in exile there? Like, why would you, why would you, like, why would you leave New York for Puerto Rico? And um, I want to I wanna spread the word at how amazing this place is. I mean, you can see it here. Whoever's watching this on video can see it. Like, this is, this is crypto paradise. This is, you know, a friendly government um, willing to partner with its new local inhabitants, friendly people, great talent, great universities, uh, great location. We're only two, two miles southeast of Miami. Um, you know, what? every, uh, yeah, every, every uh, I'm, I'm sorry, two, two hours, two, two hours. I'm sorry, two hours. I can run that. <laughs> if I can maybe yeah. swim that. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 two, two, two hours. Sorry. Um, it's a thousand miles. It's a really long swim. <laughs> I wonder if anyone's ever swam that. So give me, oh. give me a good, another good domain story. Cause I love the NFT one and I love the, the fried.com one. Do you have any crazy yeah. ones where yeah, a guy so, came in like super high and you got him down to a reasonable price? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like CBDC.com, right? Um, I knew that central bank digital currency, no one is, it got big, but like if you Google CBDC.com, like you used to Google CBD something and it was all about like CBD oil or like yeah, something yeah, yeah. in the cannabis space, right? But like then everyone started abbreviating central bank digital currency. And I'm like, interesting, who owns CBDC.com? That's just like how my mind works. Like who owns CBDC.com? So figured out that this guy owned it. He wanted like over a million bucks for it. And I'm like, that is cuckoo bananas for four letter domain. And there's no way you don't even know what CBDC is. He had, he didn't even know what blockchain or cryptocurrencies were. Um, he thought we were going to do like a marijuana thing with it. So yeah. I got him down to 150 grand for that. And, uh, I've had an offer to sell that for over 1.5 million as well. So, um, that's just, you know, I can't, can't believe I got that one. Um, man, there's just so, there's too many stories. There's, it is my weird side hobby. It is like, it's your fetish. It's my, it's my, something gets me off about owning the domain name. So like, I also love toll free numbers. So like, I, 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 I know it's not cool anymore, but like it used, it used, it used to be cool. So you remember like infomercials, like oh, yeah. three o'clock in the morning, someone's watching, like, I don't know, BBC or like, you know, Canadian broadcast television. There's like an infomercial. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm like, who owns 1-800-Bitcoin? So I called the number probably a hundred times. No one answers. And then I start calling around, like people who I know had a bunch of toll-free numbers. And I find this company that had it. And I'm like, I need to have 1-800-Bitcoin. So I ended up buying 1-800-Bitcoin.com. I bought the phone number 1-800-Bitcoin, which we have now. And we're building a call center here in Puerto Rico around. I can tell you about that. Uh, but then I'm like, I didn't stop there. I found that there's an area code in like Akron, Ohio called 234. So it's plus one, two, three, four, Bitcoin. And I got one, two, three, four, Bitcoin. So if you actually text that, it comes to my phone. So that's like, yeah, <laughs> shit, I just gave up my phone number. <laughs> that's okay. It, 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 it routes through a system. So like 
you know, good luck trying to port that and stealing my crypto because my crypto is not attached to that. But uh, yeah, text, text, text one, two, three, four. That's like a cut. That's uh, actually call one, two, three, four. That's the immutable holdings corporate line. And if you text it, one of our friendly customer support representatives will get right back to you. Um, shameless plug. But yeah, one, two, three, four Bitcoin Great plug. That's, um, that's and crazy. I, so I just, I loved really. It became really clear to me, like, what was the difference when, when products are quite similar? Like, if you have a bunch of features, it was really just brand. So I always really liked really good brandable things. Yeah. I always was really frustrated by having to tell people, like, hey, my email is jordan.freed.1234.whatever at gmail.com. And I was always like, hey, if I could just be jordan at free.com, everyone's going to remember that email, right? Or if I could just be like, you know, whatever. So if it's like something really branded that you could share with people, um, that, I always thought that'd be fun. Domains, baby. Wow. I, what, I still can't believe 1-800-Bitcoin.com. That is just like bananas, bananas, bananas. When I was a kid, I loved domains too. I don't know what it was. I have a couple myself. We'll talk after the show. I, I got a couple that you would definitely <laughs> want to buy. Hey, you know, I I could tell you're a, brand, you're a brand guy as well. They're hard to get, but when you see a value, like when you find value... At the time, I got to be real with you. Like, I remember sitting there having to wire $2 million to escrow.com. And I remember having a panic attack. Like, I'm either going to really look back on this decision and be really happy I did this, or I'm the biggest idiot in the entire world. I'm about to lose. You bought bought escrow.com? No, no, no. So I used, so escrow.com, if you're buying a domain name for anything more than like $10,000, you need to use escrow.com. I have no upside. I have no equity. They do not pay me to say this, but like you literally can't trust that the other person on the other side of the transaction is going to send you the domain name. Gotcha. That's the issue. So like when you're negotiating to buy these things, you literally don't know the counterparty. So the way escrow.com works, Matt, is like if you own matt.com and I'm buying matt.com from you, you give the domain name to escrow.com. I give the money to escrow.com. And then they switch it. It's like a smart contract, but not decentralized. What's, <laughs> so, what, no, it's a, it's, it's a it's a centralized escrow agent. It's like you know, smart contracts will disrupt them, but it's what, what's it's, their what's their rake on that? What do they make? Yeah, they make a good fee, man. I think they on the on the on the uh, NFT.com transaction, they probably make twenty five grand. So wow. yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a good little business for them. No free ads either. Escrow, if you're listening to this, you can um, you can reach out to our head of sales and seriously sponsor this podcast yeah. right now. Throw, sponsor throw this that, right now. Sponsorship <laughs> pod in. So again, crazy VPNs. I want to talk about VPNs too. Now I used to work. It's funny. So your ticker is called HOLD. Hold. Now I yeah. you know did a consulting gig for a company called. Cypherpunk Holdings, also publicly traded in Canada, also publicly stocked, 401 Bitcoin, 511 Ethereum on the balance sheet, and a bunch of VPNs. I didn't know this until I joined the company uh, or you know worked with and for them. But VPNs are like Bitcoin in the sense that they are a scarce asset. You can't just yeah. make more, you can't just make more VPNs. And with all the, you know, the uh, the free speech stuff going on and the deplatforming, and if, you know, as a Canadian, if I want to trade some cryptos, and I may or may not, hopefully Trudeau isn't listening, may or may not be using a VPN to do so. Like you need these, and these are very valuable. And I was just, I was flabbergasted. I did not know that these were such a valuable asset. And you knew about yeah. this way way ahead of the masses. Yeah, it became so. It's 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 funny how it all came about. So like, I moved to Hungary, and I really miss my US IP address. 
So right. immediately, like I remember trying to log into Pandora.com. I used to like always listen to Pandora radio while I worked. Um, and like it didn't work. And then like I tried to log into Spotify and Spotify wasn't available out of the country yet. So like it didn't work. Then I tried to log into Netflix and this is before the Netflix international expansion. It says like you're out of the United States. It won't work. So like Netflix wasn't available. And I'm like, Oh my God, I didn't just like lose everything great about mood, like living in America. Like the internet here sucks. Yeah. And I'm like, it's, it's what can I use? Like how, I couldn't even watch movie trailers on YouTube. So I'm like scouring the internet, scouring the internet. I'm like, what's the solution? What's the solution? And then like I got to reading on, you know, how I could use, you know, some open source encryption protocols like Blowfish encryption. There was a, an open source project called OpenVPN and we basically forked it. And I started, we started building, you know, a pretty basic application that would just route all traffic coming from my router at home and my laptop through servers in the US. So my computer would always behave as if, you know, or, the brown, my browser would always behave as if I was in Buffalo or the United States, right? Uh, but I was in Budapest. So then I could stream with pretty great speeds. Like I could stream Netflix in Budapest. I could stream Pandora. So like word got out that I was the VPN guy. So like the Four Seasons <laughs> called me up in Budapest, like the Four Seasons Hotel. And they're like, hey, we have these people, like these famous actors who are like shooting movies in Budapest, like coming to stay at the hotel. Can you help us like wire the router for this, like the presidential suite with a VPN? I'm like, yeah, sure. Of course. We'll come help you out. Yeah, give, so, me, like, give me a couple know, of rooms. We'll call it a deal. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Like we just became really friendly with everybody. And like I would help expat buddies out and everybody that's just, I became the VPN guy. So it was niche. Like we weren't killing it, killing it. Like we we're making good money, but you know, things again really exploded around. You know, the growth of VPNs, I think it was, you know, you know, modest market, definitely not like a multi-billion dollar market. And then consumer VPNs, Edward Snowden did wonders to like just make yeah, everyone paranoid. Yeah. Post Snowden, no one wanted to use like a public Wi-Fi network without a VPN. Like no one wanted, no one trusted their internet service provider. Everyone yeah. got really paranoid and really scared. Um, and then everybody wanted to use VPN. And also around the same time, this is, remember like internet service providers, torrenting is huge, still was like back then. And like, you know, internet service providers like Comcast would send you a notice, like you're torrenting. We know you're using like a file sharing service on our internet service and they would like, you know, shut it down. So VPNs became a great way to like block your traffic. Your, even your internet service provider doesn't know what you're doing. It's all obfuscated. So we, we, you know, it started as I wanted to watch the American Netflix and my Buffalo Bills and then became like, Hey, reclaim your privacy. We ended up like, you know, financially contributing to the electronic freedom foundation. We got really involved in free speech and internet freedom initiatives online. And, um, we did, we, we did sell out. We sold a business, uh, which was also a good time to sell the business. It was in 2017. What a treat. I noticed that you say Budapest correctly and it's not Budapest like it is on paper. It's Budapest. Um, we'll go a little off topic. What a friggin' city, eh? And how about the parties there? World class. Oh, World boy. class. I heard that there was going to be cheap beer and, in full disclosure, beautiful women. Yes. Uh, <laughs> hey, I, so, I, I traveled Europe, what, three, four years ago, maybe longer than that, and I was single. I went for the exact same reason. And the baths. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I... Uh, I, I I went there for that, and I stayed because it's one of the most livable cities in the world. If you can like shut off the politics, and now Hungarian's a very difficult language as you experienced. So like 
it was great because I couldn't understand the radio in the taxi cab, and I couldn't understand what was being said on TV, especially when Hungarian spoken very fast. It's very difficult. I ended up learning enough Hungarian because I lived there for so long to like be very polite in a hotel, restaurant, cafe kind of setting. I still, I still can't speak it very well, but uh, that uh, you know, maybe I'll learn it someday. It is a city that everyone should go see. Absolutely stunning. Oh. Go. Like, it's one of the most beautiful cities in the world. It's it's crazy. Yeah, I did uh, did a hostel there. I was going to stay for three days, and uh, I think I stayed for eight days. So that's yeah, that, I, I that's all it, you need to know. <laughs> and yeah, and I don't think bars close there either. So if you want to go on a little bender, um, they welcome you with open arms. Great spot. Speaking of benders, well, again, a couple more fun things. And we'll go go back into the serious stuff here. Buffalo Bills. Have you ever done a, Have you ever done a table jump? <laughs> 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 you have, I can tell by the laugh. Uh, l- listen, I am the CEO and chairman of a publicly traded company. Okay. <laughs> uh, now, I it, 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 the truth is, I haven't, but I've been involved in instigating several table jumps. Uh, I I have a uh, yeah. We I went to the AFC Championship game in January, and this is like you know we've all been quarantined for so long. But like my yes. Buffalo Bills make it to the AFC Championship game, and um, the Kansas City Chiefs, Kansas City announces that they're going to allow twenty five percent capacity. And I have like the last time the Bills have been in an AFC Championship game was like nineteen ninety two. So I'm like I'm not going to miss this. I'm not going to miss. I'm not going to miss the AFC Championship game. So the only way you could get to the game was you needed like a negative test. So we all need to get negative tests. And you could only buy seats. You couldn't buy one ticket to the game. You had to buy them in blocks of four. So I buy and like listen, crypto had run up. So I decide I'm going to spoil and surprise my childhood friends. I'm going to buy uh, two sets of four seats, about eight seats. And I called up like, you know, 12 friends. And I'm like, the first eight of you that buy a plane ticket to Kansas City are coming to the game. And we made it like a Friday to Sunday thing, packed up, like did it, did it really big, you know, stayed, got an Airbnb, stayed together. And listen, we were safe. We got tested before the game. We got tested after the game before we returned to our families and all of that. So anyone listen to this, like, oh, they didn't take it seriously. We took it seriously, as seriously as we needed to. But like, all of us had this pent up energy because everyone's just been locked down at home. But it's January, we're freezing, much like you are up in Toronto right now. At it's Arrowhead. literally snowing at Arrowhead. I remember, keep it. I I would like again, for full disclosure, I've never been to an NFL game. Bananas. Like I'm, I've been to Buffalo. Wow. I've seen probably thirty Sabres games at KeyBank, but I've never been to a Bills game. No excuse. It's on the bucket list. Story for another day, but I would be scared shitless wearing any away jersey going into Arrowhead. Like, were you not afraid? It, you're is, get it was not a friendly environment. Uh, beers thrown at us. Like it is. <laughs> you, you got you got to roll deep. That we were eight, so uh, uh, and we were loud, very loud. Lost my voice, but it was um, it was an amazing game to be there for. It was a heartbreaking finish. Uh, we choked. Um, and, uh, looks like we're choking again because we just lost against the Patriots in Monday Night Football. So, um, but you know what? I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a lifer. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm not bandwagon. I've been a Bills fan my whole life. You can take the boy out of Buffalo, but you're not going to take the Buffalo out of the boys. So <laughs> it, it's, you know, while it breaks my heart that our team just can't pull it together. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm a fan. I love, I love the Bills, man. I've always loved the Bills. So, uh, but yes. And oh, we're talking about table jumping. So during that game, uh, we, uh, we had this table. Uh, and we bought it at Walmart and someone had set it on fire with coals and someone, 
someone, I'm not going to name any names because I don't want to embarrass him, got on the rental. We had like a, a Chevy Suburban rental car, gets on and jumps and the video goes viral. It's all over Barstool Sports. And <laughs> the comments are amazing. I'll try to find you the link. Uh, the comments are amazing on the video, but like, you know, the guy like literally got set on fire, but remembered his training, like stop, drop and rolled. And no one got hurt. No one was hurt. I making think this. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, 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 but it was, uh, yeah, it got like a couple million views um, around the game, and uh, yeah, that was the, that was the AFC Championship game. We all we all had masks on, so no one's identity can be like no one can be yeah. identified in it. But <laughs> incredible. When uh, next time you're back, we'll go to a game together. Jordan, taking a quick break, got to give a big shout out to our friend and sponsor of the show, PrimeX BT. Jordan, I'm sure you're a trader. I do a little bit myself, not as much as I'd like to. Way too busy, and I'm sure you are just as busy, if not more busy than I am. But if you do, check out PrimeXBT. They are incredible for both beginners and pro traders. Doesn't matter if you're a rookie or a vet, you can easily design and customize layouts and widgets to best fit your trading style. Best part is they are offering an exclusive promotion for listeners of the Crypto News Pod. The promo code is CryptoNews50 and it is available for a month after activation. You get 50% of your first deposit credited to your account as a bonus that can be used as additional collateral to open positions. Again, the promo code is CryptoNews50. That is CryptoNews50 to take advantage of this offer. And now back to the show with Jordan. Let's get into some of the Canadian public markets, some fun stuff. Now, for those at home, one of, and again, I full disclosure, I used to work for HODL, Cypherpunk Holdings, and Jordan is the CEO at Immutable, and the ticker is HOLD, H-O-L-D. Now, for a lot of people, my parents, their friends, boomers, crypto is very scary to get into. Signing up for a centralized exchange can be a pain in the ass, and furthermore, if you want to do it the right way and store your keys on you know, on, on a ledger or a treasure, owning your private keys, it is even more daunting. Um, and it's candidly a bit of a shit show. So what is a very good solution? You can use your TFSA, which stands for tax-free saving account or your RSP, registered retirement savings plan. If you're Canadian, you can use both of those for tax-free exposure to Bitcoin. There are companies like Jordan's and there are companies like HODL where you can invest in them and they have a very correlative price movement in regards to Bitcoin. So Bitcoin goes up, they go up, Bitcoin goes down, they go down. It's a very easy and simple way to get exposure to Bitcoin. That's a little off top, well, sort of on topic, but before we get into some nitty gritty, um, the floor is yours. Please do describe what you and Immutable are doing right now. Yeah, so the vision is pretty straightforward. Um, there, up until this point in time, like you talked about HODL, uh, but before this new wave of companies, blockchain equity in capital markets sucked. Uh, like, honestly, I'm not that interested in owning a Bitcoin miner. And that was all you could do for like the last couple of years. We've gone from having like no publicly traded companies in the blockchain space to literally every Bitcoin mining company. I can't tell you the number of deals I see for new Bitcoin mining companies or even Ethereum mining companies going public right now. And now there's all this exposure, like all of these companies um, going public in Bitcoin mining. But like, if I wanted the exposure to Bitcoin mining, we grew up in a part of the world where you get very cheap hydroelectric energy in upstate yes. New York, thanks to Niagara Falls. Yes. Uh, and it's just like, I would just, you know, build a Bitcoin mining operation. And I, you know, I did mining for a little bit, stopped very early. Uh, just wasn't my part of the space. I got much more excited by things that are native on, on these ledgers, on these decentralized networks like DeFi and 
NFT stuff. So our vision was, what if we could build a blockchain holding company that actually had exciting blockchain businesses in it? Uh, things like NFT.com. And because like I'm, I've never flipped a domain name, like literally I've never flipped a domain name. I've only sold, uh, I've only purchased domain names. Uh, it was like, what if we rolled in a bunch of these brands and then we did what we do best, which is I built several successful software products, uh, that we've taken to market and we've scaled. And, uh, my interest was, you know, I've accumulated crypto. I've built, uh, been part of building a layer one protocol. It was, what if we could build businesses that would drive awareness, access and adoption to blockchains and then the digital assets that are native to those blockchains? So Amitable Holdings is like, we want it to be the Berkshire Hathaway of blockchain. What if we could build some of the more valuable businesses in the space? Um, and, uh, investors could take exposure to it. Like we could democratize access to good blockchain equity. The other thing that really pisses me off, Matt, is like venture capitalism. Venture capitalism is, uh, a legalized Ponzi scheme especially in the United States, where like these venture capitalists will come in, they lead the series A at let's say a, a hundred million valuation. They'll then lead a series B at like a 500 million valuation and then do the series C at like a 4.5 billion valuation. They control the board seats, they control the cap table, and then they force the company to go public. It is like literally a protected Ponzi scheme because of something called the Jobs Act, which restricts average investors from investing in the companies because the government is trying to say like, you're not smart enough to manage your own you money. Need, you need so to be like, an accredited Investor, which is exactly. Like you got to be an accredited investor to participate in all these deals, and that really upsets me. So uh, I've I've worked with venture capitalists. We've had offers from venture capitalists. We're like, what if we didn't take on venture capital dollars? What if we took the company public earlier than a normal company goes public, and instead grow it, letting any investor with a brokerage account buy the stock and hold the stock? Of course, today you need a Canadian brokerage account or a brokerage account that allows you to access a Canadian listed company. But what if you could hold Hold that and ride along with us while we built some of these businesses in the public markets. And we thought, boom, that, that's what we're going to do. That's super exciting. We, because we want to do some token based stuff. We knew the U.S. isn't there yet. And Canada, God save the queen, is like one of the more progressive <laughs> capital markets in the world. And I, uh, listen, it's cannabis, it's psychedelics, and now it's crypto. It is. And the OSC, say what you will about regulators, like of any regular, of any like regulatory body, Voyager Digital has found a way to grow a business on a Canadian market while having a cryptocurrency associated with their platform. Galaxy Digital has grown into a business worth four, five, six, maybe six billion Canadian on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Like it is a very, it's the third most liquid market in North America. It's an incredible country. There's amazing talent coming out of Waterloo University. You guys don't cap the number of H1 visas like American companies do. So Canada was like this weird serendipitous of like, you know, r return home, even though I'm not Canadian and I grew up on the other side of the border. So close, it's just kind of like, you know, it's so it's a 12 minute flight or a two hour drive. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing to be able to have listed the company there. I'm in Toronto for at least a week out of every single month. I stay uh, right downtown, right near Bay. I'm like, I'm always at like, you know, the spots around Bay. I stay like, uh, near, you know, where like Wellington and John is right near the, oh, the hospital. Where do you, where do you stay? The Shang? Uh, no, I stay at the Ritz right there. Oh, the Ritz um, is so nice. So <laughs> I stay, I, I love, I love Sunday it. Sunday brunch. Oh, baby. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's a great, it's a great part of town and it's super close to like, you know, super close to the Raptors and the Blue Jays. 
uh, when when it's in season. And uh, no, I'm a Buffalo Sabres fan, not a Maple Leafs fan. I I'm sorry, but I we didn't have basketball or baseball in Buffalo, so I adopted the Raptors and the Blue Jays. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I, I can't say enough good things about like going public in, in in Canada on the vision of what if we could build the Berkshire Hathaway blockchain and what would that look like? And that's that's what we are. So we're launching. It's Many planned business lines, I'll be direct, like a lot of the stuff there is not built out yet and won't be built out for some time. The two things that are built out is our asset management business where we have over a hundred million US dollars under management. And, uh, the other business that we're really, really focused on, of course, is launching the NFT.com marketplace and community. So NFT.com is live already. It's coming soon. It's not, it's not live yet. Uh, we have collected like just shy of, so we've collected over 200,000 emails. Um, just, just from that landing page. Yeah. Just, just from that landing page. That is, so, that is you know, now figure there's a lot of spam on the internet. So I figure maybe 50,000 of them are real. Um, but, uh, you know, we've, we've actually run a script to check like the mail servers, like how many of these people are real people that have like social media accounts attached to these names. Um, but what we, what we really want to do here is, you know, build a community driven organization. Like there's rumors that OpenSea wants to go public and do all of that. We're like, what if, what if we could get the community to govern this thing? What if we could build a community run marketplace that's like a decentralized community for NFTs? Um, and we're pretty tight lipped on it, but you'll start to see what we have built because it's pretty amazing. And that's going to be T that, that'll really launch in Q1. Uh, the ramp up for that will likely happen in early Q1, teasing out the launch, and then we'll fully open up by like mid Q1, hopefully, uh, for everyone to ramp up. But we've been heads down, quietly building that, watching OpenSea get all the love and attention. But we do fancy ourselves like one of the, you know, one of the more promising companies that we, we certainly hope can take a, a big chunk of the NFT space because we, we care about artists, we care about, we care about creators. And I think, I think that that's going to set us apart. Well, that's a very powerful domain, right? And like, there's no doubt that you guys would probably rank incredibly high from an SEO perspective on Google when someone types in NFT or more specifically NFT.com. Like Speaking my language. That, that would be right up there. But that, that's one thing that, and I still get asked all the time, doesn't matter what party I go to or, or get together, or, you know, even seeing friends who I haven't seen in a while. I, I often get asked, what coins should I invest in? Because again, everyone wants to get rich. And I'll, I'll give them a couple that I think are, you know, going to rip um, with obviously the full disclosures. And then I always get asked, what are NFTs all about? Why can't I, you know, what if I just right click the, you know, the, what if I just right click safe? And and then you have to explain yep. that. So if NFT.com could be the website that, you know, is a great one-stop hub for the people like you and I who actually use NFTs and then for the boomers who want to learn more about NFTs and are scared shitless of going on open yep. and connecting MetaMask like that, you could be opening up uh, quite the floodgate there. Yeah, I, I agree. I think NFTs are going to be part of our lives for the rest of our lives. Um, I was a gamer growing up and like, you know, the whole Northeastern corridor, like the game, the browser based game was, uh, uh, RuneScape. I don't oh, know if you I, remember RuneScape. I used to rip RuneScape. You kidding me all the time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. RuneScape was great. So I got, I got, I got into, I got into a lot of trouble on RuneScape growing up where we would, uh, we, we, we would basically, we created a secondary market around the game. And the secondary market was um, where people could buy and sell RuneScape gold points. It was a really big secondary, um, and uh, <laughs> and it was called RuneMint.com. We took out we took out an ad on RuneHQ.com, and uh, which was like the fan forum. 
And, uh, that was, uh, I got sued. Um, I got, I got served. <laughs> I was 12 years old. I came home from like middle school. I remember like my parents are, you were 12. yeah, yeah. I, my parents were all like distraught. Like what's going on? This is like in the very early days of RuneScape. It's like 2000, 2001 or 2002. And like this was so early that there was no way to pay for RuneScape. The way we paid for pro accounts was we would take an envelope with a five US dollar bill and we would mail it to a PO box in the US, which would like forward it to the uh, British company because it was Jagex Limited. So Jagex Limited serves us and takes us to court. And like we were, we were killing it. We were making tens of thousands of dollars per week. We exploded. And that actually helped contextualize like, you know, what happened in like a lot of what happened in crypto for me. Like when I found Bitcoin, I was like, okay, so I'm here. I am. I'm 12. I'm getting in trouble for selling an in-game virtual currency in like a metaverse type environment, what everyone now calls a metaverse, but was a browser-based world that you could run around in. You, you remember it. So, but now like Decentraland is a very similar runes to like RuneScape-like experience, but like you can straight up buy a parcel of land in it and it's in the form of an NFT. And there's a native currency for this virtual world called MANA, M-A-N-A. Not financial advice, but look it up. It's done incredibly well. And like here, these new age game creators are like allowing people to trade, but like uh, decades earlier, like literally 20 years ago, I'm facing legal trouble for stealing someone's intellectual property related to rune, the word rune in gold points because they had trademarked rune gold points and I had rune gold points all over my site. So <laughs> lifetime ban, <laughs> lifetime ban from RuneScape, all of our accounts taken, all of like our hard work gone, uh, which was like, you know, years oh, you, of hard you, work. You must have been balling your eyes out. That, oh that, yeah, sobbing. That, that's that's <laughs> such a kick uh, in the dick. Hey, this gets gorgeous. worse. This gets worse. Lifetime ban from eBay because we were using eBay to auction a lot of this off. Lifetime ban from PayPal attached to our social security numbers, including half of the funds frozen there. And like, I'm made to feel like a criminal. Like they ended up dropping charges. Uh, like we had to cease and desist. Uh, and like, I never like formally got sued. They, they found out we were kids. So they're like, all right, we'll take it easy on you. But like still, <laughs> like if I try to go create a PayPal account today, like still banned from it. So uh, there were, there were major repercussions for it. But then when I found Bitcoin, I'm like, wait a minute, a currency that no one owns a trademark or intellectual property around that's free, easily traded. Yeah, I get it. Of course I get it. This makes a whole lot of sense. So it helped. It definitely helped with my understanding. But then just back to NFTs, we we're spending just more and more of our time online. And even back to our RuneScape days, like you may accumulate swords, shields, digital items, like characters, avatars, skins, right? And NFTs are just ways for us to assign private property protection to all of the shit that we're accumulating in the, in, in, you know, in the Online. digital verse. Yeah. In the physical verse, you use your apartment or like a shoebox under your bed or whatever to store your physical items. But like in the digital world, we're using NFTs and wallets to store those things. So like, you know, this 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 movement is is just us assigning property rights, uh, and I think this will eclipse, of course, the value of crypto. I think NFTs are going to be worth tens of trillions, hundreds of trillions, the entire market, because like everything will be a token. Your personal seat license to seat five and six, row seven, section one hundred one. 
at Scotiabank Arena, like to watch, uh, you know, the Raptors NFTs, right? Like, you know, authenticity certificate of a Rolex NFT. Like, you can start to see how everything we own of value will be turned into an NFT, and then new stuff like blue check marks or certificates or accreditations or all all of these things are going to be tokens. So, man, I'm stupid bullish on NFTs. So, I don't want to bore your audience with it, but um, I I love that. That was a great spiel there. Well, hey. Good, uh, damn good play you bought NFT.com. That's, um, that's crazy. It. I'd love to go back to just the whole Canadian public markets. Now, one thing, and, and you touched about this with, um, with Galaxy Digital, um, and oh, there was one other. What, what's the Galaxy and what's the one? Voyager. Voyager has their own crypto token and they're publicly traded on, I believe it's the TSX they've jumped. So just for a little disclosure, you have NEO and you have the CSE, which are sort of the, you know, the penny stock exchanges. Then you have the TSXV, which is companies that, you know, sort of run from that 50 cent to $5 mark. And then from $5 and up, you have the TSX, the Toronto Stock Exchange, which is Canada's equivalent to the NASDAQ or NYSE. So that's just sort of the rundown on those. But besides the fact of, you know, obviously you have the regulations and you have to abide to certain rules and whatnot, but did you ever think about going the Dow route? Like, what was so sexy, and what was what was sort of the value prop of choosing to go public in Canada versus creating a Dow or something like? You know, it's it's funny that you say that now. Like Dow's when we decided to go public because our original idea was like this time last year to go public, and then took Dow's basically weren't a thing. they weren't a thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I mean, they they were a thing, but like they're not as well understood as they are right now. Yes. Um, like there was pro- a year ago, I think I. There's probably like two or three lawyers that could help you spin up a DAO in like a proper legally compliant way. Um, and now you've got like dozens. So just the amount of legal professionals and tax professionals and how these things are going to be treated and the tools to set them up, like running a DAO is actually quite complicated. It is an org structure. I do believe DAOs are the future. Uh, we're looking at using DAOs to run some of our businesses, but let me just kind of, let me kind of like flip the question. What if you could have a publicly traded company that has a lot of upside in a DAO and participates in the DAO as a peer to the community, uh, but executes on the decisions of the DAO? So like, what if you could still have a DAO running a crypto project, but the publicly traded company is the one that like covers the payroll for the engineers and the benefits and like it's still a reporting entity. I think you have to bifurcate crypto. I think like most crypt, most successful crypto ecosystems have for profit companies that have sustainable revenue models that make money by, by building around blockchains. And then you have like the DAO like decentralized components of like the Ethereum foundation, yes, a DAO yes. running a DeFi fund on it, right? Like you need the, you need the DAO, you need the foundation to be running the protocol and making the decentralized decision makings of like, how do we upgrade the protocol? Like, how do we move from ETH to ETH 2.0? Like, you need that kind of governance. Um, but you also need consensus. Like consensus built MetaMask, consensus built Infura, consensus built like several really valuable businesses and tools around the Ethereum network. And like Joe Lubin, who I believe is Canadian from your neck of the woods, like had the foresight when they were forming Ethereum, right? Aren't they all Canadian? Joe Lubin and Vitalik and all the Ethereum guys, like Anthony DiOrio. They're all like, they're all like the, that's the Toronto crew, the six. That's like the Ethereum is basically a Canadian company. Uh, (laughs) But like it all kind of came from Toronto. And like those guys had the foresight site to say like, hey, we need a for-profit company consensus that's going to build valuable stuff, but we also need both. So I think you need both. 
I think you need DAOs, and I think you need companies that are going to commercialize and make the money. And we're just we don't we don't think like going public will stop us from spinning up DAOs using the publicly traded company. In fact, we're actively working on that right now. More more on that to come. Okay, because again, that's that's my one, and I do get asked on this. Uh, very grateful that you know people are seeking. Uh, my, I wouldn't call it, yeah, I'm not even going to say the word I was going to say because that's out to lunch. But anyways, regardless, <laughs> it's just it's just very, you know, it's food for thought when you when you think like, well, what are the pros of going public in Canada with all the regulations and whatnot? I wholeheartedly believe that the biggest pro is still the access to the largest de- demographic that has capital, being the boomers, yep. right? It's like, yep. you know, the boomers are not going to, like we talked about, they're not going to store their private keys on a USB um, and they want exposure very quickly. They want to go on their TD or Scotiabank or you know BMO app, and they want to buy some hold right away. Yep. Or yep. they want to call up the broker and be like, "Hey, I want hundred grand worth of this. How can I get into crypto?" The broker is going to go, "Well, have you heard of hold? They own NFT.com and a bunch of other cool shit. Let's do it." So that's that's where I think it's going. Um, Jordan, this has been absolutely incredible. Really appreciate uh, you coming on. I uh, can't wait to meet you in person. And um, you know, as someone who is a Canadian with a bit of room in my RRSP. Uh, I may or may not be throwing a couple bands into hold. Uh, and again, for the Canadian listeners, and I know there are a couple hundred, if not thousands of you, uh, every year you do get a lower tax rate if you contribute to your RRSP. So if you do have some extra money laying around and you want to lower your tax bracket, take some money and uh, invest it into a publicly traded company in Canada that has exposure to crypto. I'm not, uh, no free ads, and I'm not telling you to invest in one in particular, but do do your research and check that out. Another great resource is bitcointreasuries.org, um, which I believe gets now rerouted to buy Bitcoin worldwide. It gives you a list of all the publicly traded companies in the world that have Bitcoin on their balance sheet. That is a great little pro tip for you. Anyways, before we wrap up, Jordan, any questions for me? Yeah. Um, what are, I mean, the Bitcoin treasuries one, that's a callback. I didn't realize that they sold. You mentioned, uh, I had a weird one. You mentioned search engine optimization. Uh, you got, you have some background in search engine optimization. I'm not a pro, um, by any means. I have a very basic understanding, but I'm a big believer in if someone can do something a hell of a lot better than you, um, you should probably work with them. And I got to give a shout out to Jesse Tut. He is great at SEO. Um, and he does a lot of the SEOs for the companies that I work with uh, and for. So anything SEO related, he uh, he does that. He's done some incredible work for Crypto News as well. Um, I believe we are if first, second, and potentially third when you type in crypto news in Google as well. Um, so he's awesome. But yeah, why? Are you a big SEO guy too? Uh, used to be. I'm a little out of practice, but... Uh... I do love my SEO. <laughs> so, such an important way for, for everything. One, one, yeah. I actually have one question for you because I know you're the domain guy. Back in the day when you were buying domains, this is pre-social media days, I'm sure it was just buy the domain, lock it up, boom. Now, I feel like you have to not only want to buy the domain, but you got to check on Facebook, Insta, Twitter, TikTok. You got to make sure that all the handles are available too. So what I have found is there are there's the domain secondary market, which is worth in the high hundreds of millions, if not multiple billions of dollars per year. You know, escrow.com would probably have the best stats on that. It's hard. It must be very fragmented and hard to follow. Um, but uh, I mean, and, and, and crypto has blown it up, by the way. I sent you a tweet. If you look at the chat box here, this is a tweet. If you open the tweet I sent you, here in uh, the chat box, uh, it'll open up 
That is a tweet of me. Look at the timestamp on that tweet, the date. That was me in 2017. So like crypto.com is the one that got away. I did uh, in in a very public, and I was very publicly rejected from Matt Blaze. Thank you, Matt, for embarrassing me. Um, I offered Matt uh, to buy crypto.com. Matt turned me down and sold it to an ICO, a guy, a group of guys that did an ICO it was, you remember it was Monarch, Monarch yes. rebranded to crypto.com and sold it to them instead. So Matt, uh, you lied to me. Everything's for sale. I guess my price just wasn't high enough for it. Uh, and this is the one that got away, but, uh, I feel like NFT.com was a nice snag. So I'm happy to get that one. But, uh, yeah, I guess you could say I could have the naming rights to the Staples Center. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, uh, back to your question. Um, there's a black market for Facebook, uh, profiles, Facebook handles and Twitter handles and, um, Instagram handles and TikTok handles. And that market is cuckoo bananas. Someone just offered me a handle. I won't say which one for a quarter million dollars and it had no followers. And I'm like, I'm not going to spend a quarter million dollars and buying this handle without followers, but that's the going rate for some of these like vanity URLs. And, um, and, uh, it's one, it's a clear violation of Twitter and Facebook and Instagram's terms of service. So if you're doing that, be careful. Twitter is looking the other way, like Tyler and Cameron Winklevoss overnight somehow got twitter.com forward slash Tyler and twitter.com forward slash Cameron. And Twitter clearly turned a blind eye to that because um, they it's rumored that they spent over a million dollars to buy those handles. Um, and we're, see, we're, we're just seeing a lot of that happen. So um, be careful out there. But uh, yeah, it's it's there are... Uh, it's even evolved and I'm no expert now. Like I'm, I'm so out of the loop because I'm just not an active domainer or pro, like I don't, I don't do this for as an investment. Like I don't do this. To, I've used everything I've bought or I have a plan to use for everything I bought. But yeah, apparently people are making a killing flipping like vanity Instagram URLs and maybe I'm just outdated. I gotta, I gotta hone my craft a little more. <laughs> I've, uh, that, yeah, I've, I've heard of that. I have a buddy in, uh, in Quebec in Montreal who does very well. He also, he just builds them himself. Like he'll buy a, you know, luxury, you know, luxury men's lifestyle Insta and he'll post every day, five times a day, grow the account to a couple hundred thousand followers and then sell it. And he does very, very well. Last question, unstoppable domains. I've seen this company blow up. I see them everywhere. What's the deal with them? You bullish on them. Give me the lowdown. Yeah, so they're using the Handshake protocol and the Ethereum name service, and they're doing a whole bunch of really cool stuff. But basically, everyone knows that a public key is this random alphanumeric sequence that's super hard to like you know memorize. I don't know if it's twenty six characters, but it's it's a long like letter number string of characters like zero x one b nine nine whatever. And that's hard, right? You got to send it to your friends. So it's a pretty cool concept to be like, hey, be Matt at uh, or be Matt.eth and uh, wallets that support it and browsers that support it, like send your NFTs, like airdrop me or send NFTs or send money there instead of... um, Instead of like, you know, that long address. So it's yeah. a cool concept. It's kind of like what PayPal did for a bank address instead of yeah. wiring money to a bank account, like send it to an email. That's kind of cool. It's not that widely supported. They're gaining traction, but like be very careful. Like 
most wallets don't support it. So don't like go spend a fortune right. on a .eth domain and you know happen to find that your favorite wallet doesn't support it yet. Uh, it's also not a real TLD. So if you go to Chrome and start typing in like Matt.eth, yeah, it it's probably up. not taking you anywhere. Brave browser is supporting it. There's a couple browsers that support it, but like you know, it's very yeah. There you go, Brave. <laughs> Uh, it's go. very it's very early days for uh, for the you know, the Ethereum name service and any name service for that matter. But like that just is further justification that we're still in 1993, 1994 in crypto. Like crypto is new; it's a thing. It's going to be a thing for the rest of our lives. But yeah, listen, I'm very bullish on unstoppable domains. I just I I think there's a bubble in valuation on these names. So don't. Spend tens of thousands of dollars buying your Ethereum name service name. Wait for the crypto correction to happen. It'll happen. Unfortunately, it'll probably happen next year, the year after. I don't know. Some no one knows. I, I don't have a uh, I don't have a magic ball that can tell us when. But uh, I think everything will correct. Prices of NFTs are going to correct. Prices of Ethereum name service. So just um, uh, be careful with how much you spend now. Be careful and get your popcorn ready, Jordan. Absolutely incredible episode. Had a blast chatting with you. And uh, there's no doubt in my mind that we will do round two in the uh, in the near future. Really appreciate you coming on and looking forward to the next time. 100%. Thanks for having me, Matt. Oh, sorry. Totally forgot to ask the question again. What is this episode 84, 85, 86? And I forgot to ask what a meatball I am. Jordan, where can our listeners find you <laughs> and all of your organizations online and on socials? Great that you asked. Uh, and uh, you go to twitter.com forward slash Jordan Freed. Unfortunately, I don't have a much better handle than that. Uh, it's F-R-I-E-D, J-O-R-D-A-N, F-R-I-E-D. And then I got, you know, I'm not an influencer, but I have a link tree. If you click the <laughs> link tree, you'll find my OnlyFans and all my other links right there. So just kidding. I don't have an OnlyFans, but you can find my, you can find my links right there. And uh, yeah. And go to immutableholdings.com. Great website. And if you want to invest, the ticker is H-O-L-D, hold on NEO. On, uh, that is in Canada. Jordan, really appreciate you coming on and uh, looking forward to the next one. All the best. Thanks for having me, man. Folks, this was Jordan Freed, CEO of Immutable Holdings. Great episode, learned a lot and had a blast. If you enjoyed this one, I really hope you did. Please do subscribe. It means the world to my team and I. Speaking of my team, I love you guys. Appreciate you all. And the listeners, you guys are all the best. Love you and would not be here without you. Keep on growing those bags and keep on staying healthy, wealthy, and happy. Bye for now and we'll talk soon. All the best. All the best.